Welcome everybody to our, our worship service. We are going to worship like we do, uh, but we are going to have a lament-themed worship service this morning, which means that it'll be a little bit different. If you're unfamiliar with the biblical language of lament, uh, we're going to do some teaching on it. We're going to practice it together, but you'll notice that our, our worship service this morning is going to have a movement that goes from a place of crying out to God, of bringing our honest needs and concerns and our pain and our suffering before God and saying, God, we want you to act. We want you to be alive in this situation. It moves from that place to a place of hope and to a place of trust and to a place of joy. And it's all part of our worship together. So I'm glad that you're here. If you're joining us online, I'm glad that you're here as well. We are going to worship the Lord together. We're going to gather around the communion table and remember Jesus, his death and his resurrection together, but all in this context of lament. And so I want to begin this morning with a prayer, inviting the Lord to help prepare our hearts to lament. So please pray with me. We meet in the presence of God who knows our needs, hears our cries, feels our pain, weeps with our tears, and heals our wounds. Friend of the broken, you bring hope in our despair. Lord, have mercy. Healer of the sick, you give strength in our weakness. Christ, have mercy. Destroyer of evil, you bring life in our dying. Lord, have mercy. Teach us to lament, Lord. Teach us to weep until our eyes are swollen shut and no tears can fall. Teach us to wail until our every breath is a gasp and we have no strength left to stand. Teach us to grieve until the very core of our being is one with all of your children. Teach us to lament, Lord. And teach us to love, O oh Lord. Teach us to love until there are no more persons willing to commit suicide with bombs. Teach us to love until there are no more persons who use guns against the innocent. Teach us to love until there is no violence against one another in our communities. Teach us to love, O oh Lord. Teach us to witness, Lord. Teach us to join together to be messengers of your justice and reconciliation. Teach us to share the story of your grace and love offered to all. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. So, uh, you might be a little disappointed at this point and saying, hey, I was having a great last week of summer, and I was in a great mood, and now here we are going to turn into this place of lament. Just and as sometimes when you come to church, you don't feel like being joyful, and we sing joyful songs of celebration victory in Christ, and maybe sometimes you're not feeling that. Well, in the same way, sometimes we come to worship and we focus on songs and prayers of lament, and your heart might not be in that place, and that's okay. Some people are in that place right now. Some people are in that place week after week after week, or in a season where they feel like life is out of control, and Christ is out of view and they feel like they're crying out to God from the pit and saying, how long, Lord? Where are you, Lord? Why aren't you doing more in my situation? Lament is a form of worship. 
lament is an important expression of how we can come before God with our honest truths of what's going wrong in our lives. Just in the same way God wants us to come before him and share what is right. And when things are good and we want to praise and lift up God in our celebrations, we also need to practice turning to God in our times of hurt and disappointment. Lament may seem irreverent. It may seem wrong to articulate questions that we want to bring before God or doubts that we might have about how much God really cares about us or how powerful God really is to come to our aid and help us. It may seem like we're doing something wrong. But what the scriptures show us is that Israel had a number of laments that they would bring in community, in the worship assembly before God. And it was a faithful expression, not a faithless expression. It was a way of taking the things that are in our hearts, whether we articulate them or uncover them or not, and bringing them before the Lord. Lament is not just your typical run-of-the-mill complaint. It's not grumbling, which scriptures tell us we shouldn't be people who complain and grumble, which is why there may be a little dissonance here. Doesn't this seem like it's the wrong thing to do? The difference between a grumble and a lament is what's on the envelope, who it's addressed to. And our laments, just like all of our forms of worship, are addressed to the one true God, the God who knows us, the God who loves us, the God who we believe truly can save us. And that's why lament is an important language to learn, whether we are feeling it or not, whether we are ready for it or not. It is a faithful expression. And so this morning, I want to invite you to participate in this communal lament. I want you to think about what it is in your life that you want to bring before God and say, hey, can you help me out here? Hey, I trust you to do something about this. I've said this in many ways before, but we don't want to be phony when we come before God. And I, I don't think it's healthy to be phony when we come to church. I remember one time when I worked in New Jersey, I called in sick because I was in agonizing pain. I had this bad, bad stomach ache. Lisa's driving me to the emergency room. But I get on my phone and I call in the office and say, hey, I'm not going to be there this morning. And the lady who answers says, hey, Jacob, how are you doing this morning? And I said, oh, good, good. Actually, no, I'm not good. This is maybe the worst I've ever been. I'm, I'm terrible and that's why I'm calling. You won't see me today and probably not tomorrow either. I'm going to the hospital. But that's kind of our knee-jerk reaction. How are you doing? Oh, good, good. And we do that with each other sometimes. We do that with God sometimes. We feel like it's our responsibility to put on a happy face and say, everything's fine when everything is terrible. This is an opportunity to practice being honest with God. And God is big enough as a God that he can handle it. One, he already knows. And two, he wants us to come before him with our needs. It's an expression of faith in him. It's an expression of trust. So keep that in mind. I want to invite you now to write a prayer of lament. There are some sheets of paper should be in the seats in front of you or near you where you're sitting, uh, little pencils that you can use as well. And I want to invite you to just take four or five minutes right now 
and follow the structure of lament that we see in Scripture. It's actually something that's, if you're in the pit of despair or if life is totally throwing you off course, having a structure and a step-by-step process to follow can actually be a very comforting thing. Step one, we address our prayers to God. So you'll see this in the Psalms of Lament. Typically, the first thing that's articulated is a cry to God. Remember, it matters who the envelope is addressed to. So we address our prayers and our laments to the Lord. We say, oh Lord, my God. And that's step one. Boom. You're already 25% of the way there. The second step is when you actually express what it is that's wrong. This is the complaint. Lord, how long must I suffer? Lord, where are you when I'm experiencing physical pain, emotional pain? This isn't just griping. This isn't just grumbling. This is identifying our real needs before the God who knows us and loves us and cares about us. This is when things get kind of real, and this can make us a little bit uncomfortable because we sometimes come to church expecting that. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, hey, I'm great. But if someone says, oh, hey, like my marriage is in the toilet, or, oh, I, I'm experiencing more chronic pain than I've ever had in my life, and the doctors say there's nothing I can do about it. We go, oh, uh, oh I, wasn't, I wasn't ready for that kind of response. But again, God can handle it. And we can bear those burdens with one another. But we express honestly what really is going on. The complaint. We cry out to God. Why, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord? Where are you? Etc. And then the request. We say, Lord, this is what I would like you to do. And if you're in a specific kind of pain, that may seem real obvious. I want this to stop. I want hope to present itself. I want there to be light at the end of this dark, dark tunnel. Sometimes in scriptures, this can get really raw as well. Lord, the complaint is my enemies are surrounding me. What do I want you to do? I want you to crush their skulls. Ooh, can't say that around the kids. That's pretty dark. But we want things to be better. We want the Lord to intervene. We want the Lord to swoop in on a vine like Tarzan and rescue us from our threats and the peril that we find ourselves in. We say, Lord, we want you to act. We want you to glorify yourself in this suffering. And then, this is how we know that this is not faithless language. Laments almost always end with an expression of trust. And again, you might not be feeling it. You're, you're your head needs to tell you that we can trust in God. You need to remember God's track record of faithfulness because sometimes your heart feels completely abandoned and completely forsaken. But we know that's not true. And the church community reminds us that that's not true. And our history and our experience of God's faithfulness tells us what we feel is not always the reality that's happening. So we move to an expression of trust and we say, Lord, wh whatever happens, whether this changes overnight or the suffering continues, or if I don't ever see the wisdom in this plan, I'm still going to trust in you. I will trust in your unfailing love, for you have been good to me. So an address to God, your complaint, the request, what you want God to do about it, and then ultimately an expression of trust. And that trust turns into praise. And even from the place of the pit, as we reach out our arms and we, we ask God to rescue us, we don't need to wait till we're rescued from the pit to begin that celebration. Because we can anticipate 
the end. We know that Christ is victorious over all things, that God is faithful, even if we don't experience it right away. We can begin that celebration even in the darkness. So I appreciate you guys. I see you. You're working on these. I want you to write these out. And then we're going to have an opportunity a little later in this service to share them. Now, this is completely optional. You don't have to uh, express your lament out loud, but you are invited to. I'm going to take this microphone and I'm going to put it in the middle of the room uh, after our communion time. And we're going to say, if you want to come up and read this lament prayer, if you want to share this with your brothers and sisters, we want to hear it. We were going to brace ourselves for hearing things maybe we're not used to hearing, and we're going to say, let us share this burden with you. If you don't want to read it out loud, you can put your prayer of lament in the basket that's in the middle of the room. Everybody turn and point at the basket in the middle of the room so I know that you know where it is. Yep, uh, you can do that. Also, I thought I'd get kind of fancy, and if you want to go digital with your phone, you can scan the QR code that's on that paper there. Uh, if it just looks like a squiggly, impossible maze, then don't worry about it. But if you know what that is and you want to use your phone to type that in, your prayer will be sent to me up here on my uh, computer, and I will read that for you. And that's another thing, too. The prayers that are in the basket, I will read out loud for the congregation. If you don't want your name to be part of this prayer, you are welcome to pray this anonymously. Uh, but if there's a name on the prayer, I'm going to share whose prayer it is. So be, be aware of that. So again... Take another few minutes. In just a second, I'm going to ask Gabe to cue a, a video of a song that is a musical version of a lament prayer that we hear in Psalm 13. And uh, while that is playing, you can continue to write your lament prayer. And then whenever you, you're ready, you can put your prayer in the basket or you can send it using the QR code. Uh, or you can hold on to it. And then later on in the service, you'll have an opportunity to share it if you wish. So I'd like you all to do the prayer, whether you share it or not. And if it's just between you and God, then that's okay. You can fold that up and you can hang on to it. But that's what we're going to do. Uh, as we're talking and thinking about lament, some of the, the, the things that we don't like to shine light on, the things that we don't often like to draw attention to, uh, I think about some of our aversions to things that we have. I've been reading a little bit lately on, on the psychology of the yucky just things that we like, why, why don't we like that? Why don't we, uh, why are we not okay when something is just off or something is rotten or bad smells or bodily fluids? Oh, Jacob, did you really just say bodily fluids? Like this kind of makes us uncomfortable. Things that point to the fact that we are fragile, point to the fact that we are mortal and our days are numbered. We don't like to be reminded of our limitations, and yet we encounter them almost daily. I was thinking about a song lyric from one of my favorite Christian artists. His name is Rich Mullins, and he incidentally died at a relatively young age in a car accident. He was flipped over in a Jeep, and he was run over by a truck, and that was it. But before he died, he wrote some amazing expressions of faith. And one song that he wrote was called, We Are Not As Strong As We Think We Are. One of the lyrics in this song goes, We are frail, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, forged in the fires of human passion, choking on the fumes of selfish rage. And with these our hells and our heavens, so few inches apart, we must be awfully small and not as strong as we think we are. 
experiences that we have in life that remind us of how small and how fragile we are make us feel uncomfortable. We don't like to draw attention to them. Maybe that's a partial explanation for the lack of lament that we do as a Christian community. But the upside is these experiences that we have force us to acknowledge not just our limitations, but God's unlimited nature, God's eternal nature. God is not limited in the same ways that we are. And that's why we turn our our complaints and our requests over to God. We say, we can't, but you can. So we're reaching out to you. Lament takes the unpresentable things or the fearful things in our lives and we bring them before God. And this is a faithful thing to do. If you read through the book of Job, it's the story of a man who was afflicted, who was suffering in the worst kind of way. And that's just the beginning of the story. The majority of the book is a conversation between him and his friends and God saying, why did this happen? Why is there suffering at all? God, I was faithful to you. Something must be wrong. And his friends come along and they say, hey, we got, we got the solution for you. We're going to explain why this is happening. Nobody suffers who hasn't done something wrong. And Job said, I was blameless. God himself even said that. And they said, no, 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 no. You must have done something. So that's the only explanation. So they come in with their understanding of God. They speak on behalf of God to Job. And the explanation is not very satisfying. Job still cries out and says, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand what happens. And in the end, God speaks up. And it's It's not the satisfying answer that you want. If you read Job looking for the answer to the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why is there suffering in the world? You might be disappointed. You don't get a clean answer. But what you do get is a God who is involved. And one thing that God does is affirms Job's cries because Job takes his suffering before the Lord. And he says, why did you make this happen? Why am I suffering? I want answers from you, my Lord, because I've been faithful to you. And he points out too, but the friends didn't do that. The friends said, like, well, we'll figure this out. We're going to explain this ourselves. And they didn't involve God in the process. So Job is commended for bringing his concerns before God, and his friends are rebuked for not doing that. I want you to listen to this lament. This is an expression similar to what we find when people are struggling. What do we do with our hurts and our concerns? Well, we bring them before God in the form of a lament. This is Psalm 55. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked. For they bring down suffering on me. They assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. Lord, this is the request, confuse the wicked confound their words for i see violence and strife in the city day and night they prowl about on its walls and malice and abuse are within it destructive forces are at work in the city threats and lies never leave its streets 
If an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked about among the worshipers. Let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead, for evil finds lodging among them. As for me, I call to the Lord. The Lord saves me. Evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress. He hears my voice. He rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me. Even though many oppose me, God who is enthroned from old, who does not change, he will hear them and humble them because they have no fear of God. My companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant. His talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. But you, God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay. The bloodthirsty and deceitful will not live out half their days. But as for me, I trust in you. At the end of it all, the suffering, the pain, the emotions, the churning, the, the anger, the, uh, the shouting, the pointing, the, the demanding, at the end we get, but as for me, I trust in you. We always end expressing our trust to God. And that's what I want to invite you to do now. I want us to hear one another's prayers. Unto thee, O 